Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years was solely dedicated working on the cover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What? Look, and I get that. The holster's not the 
sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a 1,000 at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. You and I, we have to be adults. So we're going to do an honest analysis on how we handled things in the wake of George Floyd's death. This one might hurt a little bit. Plus, we got Liz Wheeler and Nan Hayworth coming up tonight on I'm Right. You know, I have heart problems in my family. My dad's side. It's just there's something about the dad side, the Kelly side of family heart problems. So as we get older on the, the Kellys, we do blood work. I, I'm not big on doctors, as you well know. I'm certainly not big on medicine of any kind. I'm just in general jaded when it comes to all that. But three, four years ago, I'm 39, three, four years ago, decided it's time to start getting regular blood work done. And so I start every six months, every year, going, get my blood checked, everything good to go, everything good to go. For a while it was. It was good to go. And then about a year and a half, two years ago, start getting a little, hmm, what's this from the doctor as he looks at my blood work? And I'm all, what? What is it, Doc? He said, well, I mean, nothing major, nothing major. It's your, your bad cholesterol's a little, little high. No big deal. It's not raised or elevated. You don't need medication or anything like that. But... Something to watch. Bad cholesterol is a little high. Looks like you got a liver enzyme that's maybe a little out of whack, but just something stuff to keep your eye on. So I dismissed it, like like every red-blooded American male would, right? Wow, doctor's probably wrong. I go back again next time. Same thing, but a little bit worse. And the next time, same thing, a little bit worse. Still nothing drastic. Don't worry, I'm gonna be fine. Nothing worse. Finally. Doc says, well, how are you eating? How's your diet? Also, this liver thing. Are you, are you having too much bourbon every now and then? Maybe too much beer here and there? And here's the thing. I didn't want to be honest with him. And I lied through my teeth. No, Doc, are you kidding me? I haven't had fast food in years. Bourbon, never, never touched the stuff. But he was, of course, right. But you know what I was doing for that two, three years? I was lying to myself, like a child does. And don't get me wrong, I still eat fast food, cheeseburgers and fries every now and then and still enjoy bourbon. But I knew right away when the first test came back, when the first test came back, I knew, probably eating too much junk food, probably drinking a little too much bourbon. I, just, I knew it right away. But I didn't want to do the adult thing. I wanted to do the easy thing, the teenager thing. Ah, that's not true. It's someone else's fault. Because honest, sober analysis of reality is oftentimes painful. You and I, we don't want to hear from our best friend, mother, father, husband, wife. You're gaining a little weight. You should get back in the gym. 
Has anyone ever told you that and you hugged them and said, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me? No. You say, you're a jerk. I hate you. But deep down, you know, I am getting a little pudgy. Hurts. So this is the one-year anniversary of George Floyd's death. And obviously, I don't need to explain to you what happened when George Floyd was killed. It's something we went over ad nauseum. The country talked about it endlessly. But I do think you and I have a responsibility here on I'm Right to be adults. We have a responsibility to tell uncomfortable truths and to do sober analysis of what worked and what didn't work. You see, George Floyd's death, rightly or wrongly, prompted all kinds of national conversations, national movements. We have to do this. We need this legislation. We have this street group. We have this group. They have this. We're renaming this. We have 19 memorials. Okay, so here we are. We're a year later. I think you and I, as, as adults, I think we owe it to America. We owe it to ourselves to have an honest, sober analysis of what did we accomplish? Where are we now versus where we were? So, I mean, look. We know what happened in the wake of George Floyd's death. We had street rioting all over the country. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, setting cities to the torch. We had big city district attorneys turning rioters loose from jail, no charges. We had major cities like Minneapolis cutting funding to their police departments. Others that didn't cut funding didn't really cut the funding, but the mayor would say things like, just kind of back off. We don't want to look bad, right? No arrests or anything like that. Just, just let them go. Look, insurance will pay for it. It's fine. What else have we had? Not, not just the writing. What else have we had? Well, the rise, the mega rise of anti-white critical race theory. You know, whitey's the and all that stuff. We've, we've had a lot of that. We've had federal policies that almost sound, what's that word? Systemic in their racism. You know, like Joe Biden promising handouts for restaurants, but white people and uh, white males are last. Women and minorities, you're, you're at the front of the line. You know, things like that. That's that's the definition of racism. But setting that aside, since we don't want to do whining about racism, that's what we've had a year of. Okay, so look, I don't know everything, right? You don't know everything. Let's see where we are. Let's analyze how that approach works. All right, burn down cities, demonize whitey. Uh, and, you know, it's uh, obviously with critical race theory all over the place. We had our professional athletes taking a dump all over the flag. Actors, musicians, college professors, you name it. America sucks, America sucks. Okay, well, let's see where, what it got us. What did it really get us? Maybe that works. Maybe that's the right move. First thing. Oh, that's weird. I thought the cops were the problem. I'm looking at crime being way up. Number five, crime rate in New York. This is just New York City alone. This is April 2021 versus April 2020. 30.4 increase in crime. 166.1 increase in shootings. That's funny. I thought there were gun laws. 66% increase in grand larceny. 35.6% increase in felony assault. 28.6% increase in robbery, which that's so weird. Felony assault and all the shootings and stuff like that. But the cops backed off. I, I was assured that the cops were the problem. 
And I've been assured that guns are the problem. Why well, see all these shootings and New York City has these strict gun laws. I wonder, I wonder how we're making this connection. Well, here's the White House press secretary. This past weekend, there were more than a dozen mass shootings across this country. Uh, 4,000 more people shot and killed by guns in 2020 compared to the year before. Is there a crime problem in this country? Well, I would say certainly there is a guns problem, uh, and that's something the president would say. Oh, okay. Okay, well, let's, let's set, aside, set that aside. I mean, not, not that just some poor people getting shot in these cities is a big deal or anything. Let's move on. Let's, let's, let's keep going. There has to be other parts to this, right? Let's see. Well, we, want, we, we know we, cops are a necessity, right? And we want good cops. You don't want bad cops. And yes, there are plenty of bad cops out there. We've talked about them on the show. Plenty of good cops out there. You want more good ones and fewer bad ones, right? Well, what do we have here? Hmm. This is New York City alone. This says 15% of the force left in 2020. 1-5. 15% of the New York City Police Department left in 2020. That's 75% more than the previous year. In Louisville, 100, or Louisville, depending on where you're from, 190 cops retired since 2020, 20% decrease. Seattle, over 200 officers have left. They're now at a record low. In Portland, 115 cops left. Over one-third resigned. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, look, maybe that's a benefit. Let's keep going through all this because I was assured by everybody in the system, media, Hollywood, athletes, uh, college professors, Democratic Party, half the useless Republican Party, I was assured that the cops are the problem in the urban black communities. I was assured of that. So look, maybe all these cops leaving is a good thing, right? Well, maybe not. Poll of race relations in America for 2021 versus 2020. 42% say things have gotten worse only 17% say better. Um, I thought we were attacking racism. If we spent all this time attacking racism, then why, are, why would race relations be getting worse? I don't understand. Unless we did absolutely everything wrong. But wait, that's only three. There's more. We now have, remember I just talked about it, systemic, institutionalized, anti-white racism, and we don't whine racism on this show, so I'm not whining, but this is, I mean, let's acknowledge where we are here. From the highest levels of power, Joe Biden on down, it appears that dumping on white people is perfectly acceptable. I mean, here's a mayor of America's third biggest city, Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, only granting one-on-one interviews to journalists of color. Hmm. Now, Let's remember, let's remember what that means in practice. That means Lori Lightfoot sits down and looks at a room full of people of all different colors, and she says to the white people, well, you can leave because of your skin color, and you can leave because of your skin color, and your skin color, you can leave. Get out of here, whitey. Only people of color get to talk to me. Almost seems like there's a word for that. Starts with, starts with an R. Okay, well, you know what? Let's set all this aside. All four things. Let's set it all aside. Maybe, 
all the looting and burning and racism and, and cops leaving and all that stuff, maybe that was necessary, right? Because let's remember, this became a national conversation about black people in America. That's what this was. That's what it was supposed to be. We're attacking racism and black people were oppressed and black people were brutalized and black, 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 black. It was, it was nothing but that forever, right? So maybe all these things we've talked about so far, maybe they were simply necessary. Maybe they were collateral damage in order to improve the lives of black people. And we've had a year, so surely we've taken the necessary steps and the lives of black people have improved in the United States of America. That's what I was assured. The system told me this stuff was necessary, right? Cops are the problem, everything. Well, let's find out. Oh, that's right. It's all the black people getting shot. You see, we're talking about felony robberies, shootings, and things like that in cities across America. It's not taking place in every city, and it's not taking place in every part of a city. All this violence, it's taking place in poor black neighborhoods. You see, poor black people, um, they deserve to be protected too. And because we let the scumbag street communists like Black Lives Matter take over the narrative and the system decided to go along with the narrative, what we did was we not only have stripped them of any rights to carry firearms, which is a disgrace, we've stripped them of police protection now. We took people who already lived in bad neighborhoods with violent criminals and we threw them to the wolves. Don't those people matter? I was told this was supposed to be about them, right? They're the ones dying. They're the ones being robbed. They're the ones being assaulted. It's poor black people in the urban areas who have been ravaged by this insanity, by this anti-cop insanity over the last year. Oh, but don't get me wrong. I guess it's not every single one because Patrice Cullors, she bought a $1.4 million home in a ritzy area of Los Angeles. Oh, I guess there were one or two who made it out all right. I'm sure Al Sharpton did fine. But the poor people who this was supposed to be about, I mean, it was supposed to be about them, right? Well, they're poor, there are fewer businesses, and the criminals have more protection now than they've ever had before, and the innocent people, they don't have any protection at all. But Black Lives Matter, right? what I was told over and over again. Black lives matter. This is about black lives. This is about stopping oppression. So this is not one gigantic I told you so from me. It's, it's really genuinely not. And it's not, even, it's not even meant to be an indictment on how we handled the George Floyd death, even though obviously we should be very ashamed of it. What this is is a warning to you and a warning to me about how we handle the next thing. Because there's gonna be a next thing. There always is. History just keeps on going. There's going to be, might be tomorrow, might be a year from now, 10 years from now, there's going to be another internet video of some kind that causes you to recoil in horror. And the system is going to look at your natural reaction to it. And the system's going to say, there's an opportunity here. We can, we can do something with this. And then the system is going to push, push a message to you. They're going to push it through every politician, every athlete, every actor, every major corporation, every college professor, the media. They're going to push you a narrative. 
And it's going to be so easy, as so many people did a year ago, to bow to that narrative. Oh, I guess, I, I guess we are racist. Remember, I lost my own pastor during that whole thing. He gets up on the uh, uh, behind the pulpit. I mean, I should talk about my white privilege. They're going to do it again. So what we need to learn is not that we screwed up. We know we screwed up. We know we got fat. What we need to learn is next time, let's do better. Let's make sure we do better. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. And here's something else that might make you uncomfortable. Disasters, disasters that cost people the critical infrastructure they rely on in their society, these aren't things that only happen in history. They're not things that only happen in the movies. This is every day. Every day these things happen. And on a long enough timeline, it's a virtual guarantee it's going to happen to you. So I want you to do me a favor. I'm not asking you to do anything drastic. Don't go grab a shovel and a pickaxe and dig a, a bunker in your backyard 50 feet deep, although that would be kind of awesome if you did. I don't want you to do that. What I want you to do is go to preparewiththefirst.com. That's preparewiththefirst.com. What you'll see there is My Patriot Supply, a wonderful, wonderful company. And what they're going to do is they're going to offer you $50 $50 in savings on their four-week emergency food supply. Preparewiththefirst.com. That'll get you $50 off a four-week supply. That's all I'm saying. Buy one of those. we got a great show for you tonight. We'll be back. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go. Put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE.
Rand Paul is really hated by the communists, and I'm starting to love the guy more and more for this. You remember when he got mobbed? His family walking out. He gets mobbed by the BLM rioters. And, of course, you remember. It's a very, very ugly scene. We're not thrilled about it, clearly. You remember his neighbor attacked him. And when I say attacked him, I don't mean yelled at him. If I remember right, he had serious, serious injuries. Well, Rand Paul has received something else now. He received a death threat package with white powder and a violent, profane message that I'm not going to read for you here. Well, why all of a sudden did Rand Paul get a new death threat? Why would that happen? Well, this happened the day before Rand Paul received that. This is from singer Richard Marks. This is his tweet. Quote, if I ever meet Rand Paul's neighbor, that's the guy again who attacked Rand Paul, I'm going to hug him and buy him as many drinks as he can consume. Should be noted that Rand Paul does blame Richard Marks for this most recent attack. Now, what am I talking about here? It's not about Rand Paul. It's not about that idiot Richard Marks. It's not about any of that. Uh, Speaking of hard truths, you know, we just had that hard truth segment where we talked about some things that were uncomfortable. Let's have another hard truth segment. What have I always told you about communism? What have I told you about? It's not a political ideology. It's a religion, a religion of domination and destruction, but it is a religion, right? And let me ask you something. Historically, I mean, you know the history of the world, at least some of it. Historically, religions, how have they handled heretics? What have they done to heretics? I want you to understand something about your opponents, your communist American opponents. They're okay if you get hurt. Oftentimes, and this this hurts, right? Oftentimes, they want you to be hurt. And here's the most damaging part about it. Because it's their religion, they're 100% right in their mind. In their minds. They are morally right. And you, the opponent of communism, the denier of communism, you're not a political opponent. You're not on the right. You're not a Republican. You're not a a, a Trump supporter or whoever you consider yourself to be. You're none of those things to them in their mind. What are you to them? You're a heretic. That's what you are. That's why you find the left either committing acts of violence or celebrating acts of violence or encouraging acts of violence all the time. It's not an accident. And it's not, and look, they don't go home at night and lay down and think, man, it feels weird being the bad guy. I'm the evil one here. They wake up every single day and they say to themselves, my religion is right and good And those heretics, they've got to go or my religion can never succeed. Heretics? Heretics get strapped to a pole and burned alive in history. They don't think you're a Republican. They think you're a heretic. Plan accordingly. Now, let's talk about VPNs, right? Virtual private networks. You see, here's the thing you have to understand. When you're online, If you're not using IPVanish, 
when you're online, if you're not using a VPN, people can see everything you're doing. You do get that, right? Whether you're on a computer, tablet, phone, streaming. If you're not using IPVanish, they can see. But if you use IPVanish, everything is encrypted. Everything is encrypted. Don't you think in this era of weaponized tech, it would be a good idea to protect yourself? Go get IPVanish today. Go to IPVanish.com slash Jesse. Jesse is all lowercase, by the way. IPVanish.com slash J-E-S-S-E. That'll get you 50% off monthly and annual subscriptions. Start protecting yourself online. We'll be back. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Well, I'm excited about this one. Joining me now is a friend of mine and host of the Liz Wheeler Show, which I would highly recommend. It's brand new and it's just blowing up all over the place. Liz Wheeler. Liz, first of all, before we get into Wuhan and this virology place and everything else, the Liz Wheeler Show. Tell me about it. Yeah, Jesse, thanks so much for having me. Sorry I was a little late. I had to finish up my vegan chili that I was eating for lunch. True story, just finished. We can talk about that later. The Liz Wheeler Show, I'm so, so excited. It dropped today, first episode launched today. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's a personal project. It's so exciting. Um, it's different than other shows. I am hoping other people will agree with that. We are going on offense against the radical leftist cultural Marxist takeover of our society because the old adage, though we've heard it a million times, that politics is downstream of culture, that adage is actually true. And we're going to keep losing the political fights in Washington, D.C. if we keep surrendering our cultural institutions to the left. So whether it's the public school system, whether it's universities, whether it's traditional marriage, whether it's the family unit being the best protector, the best anti-poverty program ever, you know, all of these different cultural institutions that from the backbone of our country, we've given away to the radical left without a fight. We've essentially said, well, we'll establish our own alternative conservative culture, our own institutions. You can have these mainstream ones. And by doing that, Jesse, we have essentially given away the political battle as well. So what we're going to be doing on the Liz Wheeler show every day, every episode, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be fighting back. We're not going to play defense any longer. We're not just going to stand here and say, please don't take away our stuff. We are going to identify exactly how the left is trying to take over each and every institution, each and every time, and we're going to expose them and we're going to go after them. Anybody who tries to destroy our culture, we are going to let you know who they are 
and how to vote them out of office or how to get them fired from their appointed position in the government. We are going to play offense because if we don't, we've already lost. Liz, what is this nonsense you're talking about family and that, that helping with poverty? What, what are you talking about? Uh, shouldn't the government just hand out checks and then poverty's gone? I don't understand what you mean. Well, well, that's a great question. You would think that this would be the number one thing taught or the number one thing discussed at those round table sessions when different administrations are discussing how do we help those who need it the most? How do we prevent child poverty? Because that's not a partisan issue, right? Everyone wants to make sure that kids have food and clothes and a home. Well, the best way to do that statistically the best way to do that is not a government program. It's not giving people free money. It's not giving people free food. It's not giving people free clothes. Nope. The best way to do that, the best way to prevent child poverty is a married mother and father who are raising their child. That is the best statistical way to prevent a child from being in poverty. And yet we don't hear that even from the right, Jesse. Republicans don't even talk about that in their platforms. And you'd think they would because it's inarguable. Liz, why don't Republicans talk about that from their platforms? It would seem to me that that would be, look, even if you're just a politician and only care about getting elected, that's fine. Look, I'm a narcissist sociopath myself, but that would seem to <laughs> yeah, be appealing to the, to the, <laughs> so that would seem to be appealing to the Republican base. No, but you're right. They don't talk about it. Why? Well, they don't because they're squishes and they don't really go to Washington, D.C. to fight for their constituents. They go there for the power and the money and the accolades. They don't really know what they're fighting for. Um, it's not popular, actually, to talk about the family unit because the Republicans and conservatives in general tend to play by the left's rules, right? We allow the left to set these standards of what's appropriate for us to say and what's intolerant of us to say. And it's come to the point where talking about a married mother and a married father is now exclusionary of people who are non-binary, people who, you know, aren't straight or who want to practice polygamy or who think that marriage itself is an, an institution of the patriarchy. We've allowed the left to box us into a corner where we can't even talk about ways to make sure that children don't subsist in poverty without insulting leftists. And the conservatives in Washington aren't brave enough to, be, to say, that's ridiculous, I'm not going to play by your rules, I'm just going to speak reality polygamy. Why any man would saddle himself with more than one wife, I will never know. All right, Lan, I have, all right, Liz, I have a headline here from Wall Street Journal of all places. Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology become sick enough in November 2019. They sought hospital care. Liz, I don't understand. I was assured by the system time and time and time again that this was from some bat wontons. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say that that headline surprised me, but any of us who have been paying attention in the last year knows that this is not surprising whatsoever. If you listen to Dr. Fauci, you will be misled. The man has does not hold a single opinion that he has not changed his mind on, and the mainstream media doesn't call him out on that, right? So last year, Dr. Fauci said that it was scientifically improbable that the experts claimed that it couldn't, that COVID-19 couldn't have come from a lab leak, that it only could occur naturally. Uh, it, it only could occur naturally from an animal, jump to an intermediary, and then to humans, right? That's what we talk about on today's episode of this show. If you look at the facts, Jesse, if you look at the facts, it's so clear that it's not only plausible, it's probable that this virus did leak from the lab because they've not found the origin species. They've not found an intermediary. And in the meantime, the Wuhan Institute of Virology 
they conducted, in this Wuhan Institute of Virology, they conducted gain-of-function experiments, which means they took naturally occurring bat coronaviruses and they weaponized them to make them as dangerous as possible for humans, right? They weaponized these viruses to make sure that humans could contract them and that they would be untreatable. And not only are these gain-of-function experiments questionable and obviously very dangerous, they were funded. The Wuhan Institute of Virology's researcher who specialized in this, her name is Dr. Shi, she's known as the Bat Lady of Wuhan, this woman received funding for her research from the NIH, from the specific agency that Dr. Fauci was the head of. I mean, you cannot make this stuff up. And anybody who questions any of this, it's all on public record. You can look at the grant proposals. You can look at the funding coming from the NIA. You can look at exactly the train of where this money came from. It came right from the NIH through Dr. Fauci to a man named Peter Daszak, who subcontracted to Dr. Xi, who conducted these experiments on bat coronaviruses. And then lo and behold, in late 2019, these people became very sick in the lab. They needed to be hospitalized. And like that, the whole world was sick. Didn't I tell you you'd enjoy her show, everybody? Did I not tell you that? Even though she's a weirdo vegan, we're not going to go into that right now, Liz. <laughs> but I am, I am looking at this headline from Newsweek. It says, to win, conservatives must admit we're losing. And that looks like your name right there is the author. What do you mean we're losing? What are you talking about? Well, we're obviously losing, right? I mean, how can Cardi B's song, WAP, be the most popular song in the entire country and get the number one hit on all the charts? How can you look at that and think conservatives haven't lost the culture war? We obviously have lost the culture war. I mean, we can still fight for the culture, and we should, and we should do it in a way that, uh, that actually wins. But if you look at what's happened to our culture from the 1960s or the 1950s even to now, I mean, we have seen the degradation of our society. We as conservatives have surrendered everything that underpins a moral society from marriage and family to the public school system, to Hollywood, books, music, everything, the internet. We have surrendered it and we've allowed ourselves to be governed instead by these set of standards the left, the leftist cultural Marxists, I should say, invented. So now we don't even talk about traditional morals because it's intolerant, it's bigoted, it's mean, it's vicious, it's targeting, it's harassment, whatever word the left wants to use. We as conservatives have sort of gone back on our heels and allowed ourselves to uh, be told that we have to play by these standards. And the result is, yeah, we've lost the culture. And if we don't admit that we've lost it, we're just going to continue to do the same thing, which is sort of defending at the one yard line, acquiescing inch by inch, which everyone knows is going to result in losing. Liz Wheeler. Surprisingly, that was actually really good. Thank you so much, Liz. Her show is the Liz <laughs> Wheeler Show. I highly recommend it. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. All right. Here's the thing that people who've never dipped for a long time or never smoked for a long time, here's the thing they can't understand. And it's not that they're wrong. They just don't, you can't understand things unless you've experienced it. When you're a dipper, look, I dipped for years. You get in a routine. It's not even as much about the taste. It's not as much about the nicotine as it is the routine. For me, post-meal. Whenever I would have a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it was automatic. Dip goes in my lip. So when I was trying to quit, that's what killed me. I'd eat a meal. Even if I had gone two, three, four hours without a dip, I'm good. I've quit for good this time. Then I'd eat a meal right down to the gas station to buy a can of dip. That's why Jake's Mint Chew works. I can throw in that dip, but it's Jake's Mint Chew. 
It's tobacco-free, and it's nicotine-free, and it's even sugar-free. And you smokers, they even have CBD pouches that work and really take that edge off. Go to jakesmintchew.com, jakesmintchew.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That'll get you 20% off. You can keep your routine in a more healthy way. We'll be back. For anyone who doesn't know what Enlightenment principles are, the philosophical movement that dominated in Europe during the 18th century was centered around the idea that reason is the primary source of authority and legitimacy and advocated such ideals as liberty, progress, tolerance, fraternity, constitutional government, and separations of church and state. Now, inherently, the problem with that is that when our Constitution was built, our Constitution was built on those founding principles, but was not built on those founding principles, including the humanization of marginalized folks. So you cannot cite our Constitution. Our Constitution should be burned because our Constitution in and of itself is only written for who owned land. Men at the time, it's still written accordingly. Who was owned? Black folks. Joining me now to talk about that lovely lady and several other things is the great Nan Hayworth, former congresswoman and doctor, and now she's with the Independent Women's Forum. Nan, I see stuff like that and it doesn't make me mad. I'm thrilled we're all just being honest here about what critical race theory is all about. It's about wrecking the country. It's just another communist group. Yes, yes, Jesse, this is true. This is why... Uh, freedom of speech for those whom we oppose vehemently and find incredibly dangerous uh, is actually something that we should cherish and fight for. And in fact, it's in the, ah, oh, what is that document? Oh, yes, the Constitution. <laughs> Nan, uh, one of the reasons I love you is you're a free speech absolutist like me. I, like when I, when I hear if so-and-so says something terrible on social media, you know, Louis Farrakhan or somebody like that, I think to myself, yeah, good. I, I would like to know what he's thinking. I want to know what everyone's thinking. I want Nazis on there. I put ISIS on there for all I care. I want to know who my enemies are, and I want to know exactly what they're thinking, and I don't want to drive them underground. Let them speak so everyone can see how gross they are. You are so right, Jesse. The most dangerous thing we can do is drive them underground because... Here's the, God, I, you know, I just, the left is wrong about everything. I mean, unfortunately, just absolutely everything, Uh, you know, and one of the, their, their most dangerous tendency is that they somehow imagine that if you prohibit speaking about something, you're going to prohibit thinking about something. Right? Somehow they are going to impose. You know, everything is about coercion. So somehow they are going to create this nation of adherence. Uh, thank God in the United States, but and and everywhere in the world, Jesse, this has has never worked. Uh, but the efforts, unfortunately, uh, elevate, escalate from trying to suppress speech. Uh, through the use of presumably nonviolent means to using violence. And we're actually seeing that, of course. We are seeing that with BLM and Antifa riots. Uh, that is a violent effort to suppress opposition. We're seeing it now with the anti-Semitic violence uh, in uh, cities, certainly in cities, we're seeing uh, these uh, instances throughout America. Uh, that's where this goes. This goes 
to bloodshed. This goes eventually to genocide. Um, and history tells us that. So to try somehow to construe the Constitution, which our Constitution is the most humane uh, and liberating document of government ever created, uh, to uh, in construe that document, which was meant to be evergreen, and in fact to adapt to a changing American populace. The framers were absolute, they were brilliant on a level that few Americans, all too few can reach today. Uh, and certainly all too few in public life. Jesse Kelly being a conspicuous exception, but uh, they, they created this document to serve all of humanity always. They knew that slavery was doomed. They knew it at the time. Uh, and, and they did what they could to uh, move us into a better a better place and eventually of course we did get there man you said it a little bit earlier and i've said it a thousand times myself of it's never worked right it's never worked so why are they trying it again it's never worked why are they trying it again i mean it takes five seconds of reading a history book to see it's never worked as long as you're not reading history books from our government schools but then why did they do it then I mean, look, as, as dumb as a lot of these people are, they can still read. It has never yeah. worked, but they're trying it again. You're the genius right. here. Explain to me the psychology behind that. <laughs> oh, dear. Who's the, where, where's the other speaker? Now, um, so, no, here's the, okay. So, Jesse, I think it's a consequence of two things. One is actually, believe it or not, the quintessentially American drive for perfection, if you will. We're a can-do people. Uh, so can-do ideologues, uh, believe it or not, you know, in this country where nothing's impossible if you, if you work hard enough to make it happen, I really do think this is a perverse and sort of evil branch of that mentality, believe it or not. It's sort of like, well, it's never been done before. By golly, we'll find a way. We'll find a way to drive this thing into the ground. Um, so I do think it's I do think it's that for most of these people who are useful idiots. I think there are entities with a darker purpose. Uh, I think the Chinese Communist Party clearly is trying to wield influence and is doing so quite effectively, uh, particularly through capital flows uh, and through uh, you know their through, through market players. Uh, so they, they want global hegemony. They know they are helping to sponsor this stuff. But the other aspect, um, uh, other than the perfectionism is, I mean, the drive for perfection is our prosperity. They, these people have thrived in an ecosystem created by a free market, free enterprise, uh, free speech nation. They don't know. They, they, and they and they they don't read history. They're ignorant. They they can't imagine. They haven't lived. Those who have lived under these conditions, as we know, Jesse, the naturalized Americans who have come from Cuba and Venezuela and the Soviet Union and the Soviet bloc, they know. They warn. These kids don't know, and they they won't find out uh, until it's too late. Man. Obviously, Andrew Cuomo was under some political fire. Your home state of New York just got back from there. Love the city, even though it's a bit, a bit, bit worse now than it was. Still love the city, yeah. love New York. I don't want to do yeah. this thing where I get my hopes up that there's a chance for a Republican governor. We have Lee Zeldin. We have Andrew uh, Giuliani. We have Robert 
Astorino. We, we have viable yeah. Republicans. I mean, real solid Republicans. There's nothing against them, but the state no. is what it is. Do they have a chance, Dan? Should my hopes get up, or should I just stop and be cynical, Jesse? Yeah. You know, Jesse, I would love, I, I, I'd be so thrilled with any of those men. I certainly know Rob Astorino very well. I know Lee Zeldin uh, somewhat. Uh, don't really know Andrew Giuliani, but they're all fine people, I have no doubt. Um, this is a really tough nut to crack, uh, Jesse, even with all of the obvious hardships that are afflicting New York and that will only get worse in terms of the cost of our government, the cost of living here, the burdens on taxpayers, the burdens on uh, small businesses, you know, entrepreneurs of all sizes. Uh, certainly expressions of disgust have been uh, loud for some time, and yet uh, politically it's been awfully tough to change New York. It should change, but no, I wouldn't get my hopes up. That said, I would definitely uh, do everything conceivable to uh, try to make it happen. Uh, and uh, all of us who can advocate, all of us who can contribute to the entities that try to push this along. And of course, working from the ground level up, I'm helping a talented young friend of mine uh, be elected to a town council in Rockland County uh, because it really does start there. Our local school board just elected the two conservative candidates uh, to the board and actually uh, one who was more to the left and incumbent was uh, was not elected. So uh, I, things may be changing. Uh, there's always hope. We can't lose hope. <laughs> Let's not lose hope. Nan Hayworth, everyone. Thank you, Nan. Thank you, Jesse. All right. You want to know something that guys who have seen a lot of combat will tell you, and I'm friends with a lot of these guys, right? Your socks are as important as your weapon. Your pack can be as important as your weapon. It can be. Because if they fail you, if your feet rot off your body, you're not ever going to use your weapon. When you talk about con carrying concealed, that's good. I want you to do that. I want everybody to learn to use their weapon safely, legally, become fast and deadly with it so you'll be ready in case something terrible happens. I don't want it to happen, but in case it does. But you spend this time to learn your weapon safely, to, to shoot it. You spend your time with your family teaching them to shoot it. You do, you do all these necessary things. It's good. And then you go buy a holster from a big box hunting store that they make 10000 at a time. The kind of holster that fails you when you need it most? Go to Northwest Retention Systems and get a custom holster. Custom holster. And I'm not telling you to go get some ugly thing either. They have the coolest stuff there. You should see their 1776 holsters. I love those. Check out the Scout Chest holsters. Those are their bestseller. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Get something custom. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE when you do that for 10% off. We'll be back. Political season is upon us. Doesn't that hurt? I know this is supposed to be light in the mood. I didn't want to bring you down, but what that means is each and every ad on your television set is going to be some politician boring you to death dominating your TV. My opponent's the devil. I'm an angel. Things like that. So when you see 
When you see Senator Kennedy come out with a gem like this, you have to just simply sit back and say, I salute you, sir. Thanks for making it interesting. Folks, I believe that love is the answer. But you ought to own a handgun just in case. That's, that's as good as it gets. You know what? We may start digging up some of the best ones for you on the show. All right. Let's see you tomorrow. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.